All right. So today we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to take kind of the long way around to get to the fruit of the Spirit. And we, to get there, we need some context. And we need to start somewhere. And the text today is going to be out of Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26. So kind of if you grab your Bibles there, and I don't know what that is. Past three quarters of the way, open it up, and you, maybe you'll get, you know, get close there. If, you're, if you see Romans or Corinthians or Ephesians, you're in the ballpark, okay? So find Galatians there. And when we think about these, these, we get to this part of the Bible and we see these letters, that's what they are. They're letters. Paul wrote them, a lot of them, and they're to usually to address some issue in a church. You know, you would hope that wouldn't be the case, but that's a lot of it. But it's to help these people grow. It's to help these churches grow, uh, address these things that they're dealing with. And so I would assume that some of you, or maybe most of you know what the fruit of the Spirit is. Some of you can probably recite it. Um, But some of us may not know, and that may sound even a little bit strange. The fruit of the Spirit. What what is that? Um, Well, that's what we want to find out. And so, like I said, we need some context, but to get us thinking in the right direction, some questions for you. An apple tree bears what fruit? Apples, all right. A tomato plant bears tomatoes. Cucumbers? Cucumbers. A walnut tree bears walnuts. An oak tree? Acorns. I was waiting for somebody to say oak nuts. <laughs> Or if you're from the south, it's acorns. Acorns. So, yeah, a fruit, we we understand what fruit is. Whatever that plant is, it produces fruit. And so let's ask this question. Can fruit go bad? Yeah, right? You go buy a bag of apples or whatever, a couple weeks, a couple days, some of it's bad. Do you go out into the woods or you go on a walk and do you pick every fruit you see and you eat it? Now, some, there's bad fruit out there, right? Some of it's poisonous. So we've got to be questioned. You know, we've got to question those things. And it's not all good. Um, there, there's bad fruit out there because we live in a fallen world. Now, if I ask you this question, what fruit would the Holy Spirit yield? Right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You don't have to answer that. We're going to find that out. But think about that. What fruit would God the Spirit yield. That fruit is not from a fallen world. That fruit is from God. And so there's a difference there. It's not going to be rotten or poisonous. I can tell you that for a fact. But we're going to come back to that later. How about this one? Think about this question. What does the fruit of man yield? If you think about just people in general, around people in the world, ourselves, what fruit do we yield? What fruit does human nature yield? What's, what's our product? What's our produce? And so let's start there. Let's start with us and see what we yield. Now, the church, we're in Galatians, the church in Galatia, and if you look at the map, if you can kind of picture Turkey in your mind, it kind of sticks out, I guess, this way, and in the Mediterranean there. And so south, kind of south-central Turkey, in today's Turkey, is where Galatia was. And these folks that live in Galatia, these churches in Galatia, have a problem. And that's why Paul's writing to them. 
And it's a problem that man has had since the garden. And that problem is sin. The church in Galatia, churches in Galatia, the Galatian region, have this problem with sin. It's rebellion against God. That's what sin is. And so you'll find that in chapter 1 of Galatians, that these folks in Galatia, these churches, are turning to a different gospel. And so the gospel of Christ is God the Son, Jesus, came to this earth, fulfilled the law, went to the cross, died for our sins, rose again, and went back up to heaven. That took care of our sin problem. That's what the gospel was. If you believe that, you are saved. You can go to heaven. And so, what was happening here in Galatia, though, they had a different gospel. They were turning to a different gospel. Which Paul says, if you read chapter 1, we don't have time this morning, if you read chapter 1, you're going to find out that Paul says, this gospel that you're believing, this gospel that you're living, that you're following now, it's no gospel at all. It's fake. It's a lie. And so this false gospel is then being taught and disseminated amongst these churches. And Paul doesn't even really know who's doing it. It's just some unknown people, but it's causing confusion and it's causing problems, and it's causing these churches to stumble. And so, like I said, you can go read all that in chapter 1. But as I, I've been thinking about this lot, a, lot, a lot lately, and I don't know why, but I've started to realize, or maybe just been thinking about it, how frail and weak and gullible we are as humans. We, we trip and stumble over everything. We fall fast and we fall easy, right? We're, we're quick to fall for a lie. In, in Galatians, in 1.6, Paul says to them, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. They fell quick, right? This, this church, these churches are pretty new. This isn't, you know... Jesus had been here, uh, been on this earth not too long before this was written, and they're already falling. They're already getting things messed up. And so Paul, he's astonished at this, how quick they fell and followed a false gospel. They fell for a lie. Now, we think of, right, now, now we've got to look at ourselves, right? It's easy to look at Galatians. It's easy to look at people in the Bible and go, ah, it's them, not us. We're, we're no different. We might think we're smart, right? We always think we're smart. We got things figured out. But temptation and sin are strong things. Lies sound good to our ears, especially if we're kind of predisposed to want to believe it. Uh, Those lies, they make promises. And usually it it appeals to our pride and our ego. You know, when when we hear those things, those things appeal to us. You know, we, we like to puff ourselves up. And so the next thing you know, we fall into it, fall into these sins, we're in over our heads, and we're like puppies on a string, uh, following our own selfishness, and when the world calls, we run, right? We run right to it. And that's not right, but that's us. That's, that's the human condition. That's kind of the human fruit. That's the way we work. And that's what's going on with the Galatians here. In the case of the Galatians, the problem was a works-based faith. And that was a lie that they had followed. 
they were using, they thought that the Old Testament law, by using the Old Testament law, they were going to work their way to heaven or, or work their own righteousness out. And if you don't know what I mean by, by the Old Testament law, uh, when I say that, and when Paul says that, it, it, just simply think of this. Go back to your, your Old Testament and look at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deut- Deuteronomy, and start looking at the thou shalls and thou shalt nots. That was, that was the law. That's what they followed. Uh, over the course of time, they really corrupted it um, to just... Uh, it, it, it got bad. They made their own rules. They added on top of it. But when, when we talk about the Old Testament law, that's what we're talking about. And so, let me read to you uh, in Galatians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. This is what Paul has to say about this problem in the Galatian church, this running after this false gospel. He says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you not suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? That's, you know... As Paul asks this question, he's being tough on these Galatians. What do you think you're doing, Galatians? You heard, the, you heard the good news. You knew what the right way to go was. It's actually not even that hard. You believe in Jesus. He took care of that law for you. And now, somehow, they're thinking, that's not good enough. I need to do something. I need to work for this salvation. I need to work for this righteousness. And so that's not what the law was ever meant for. The law was meant to prove how sinful we are. Not that we do the law and be righteous, but that we look at the law and say, I can't do that. I am sinful. There's no way I can make make that work. But they weren't using it that way. They said, we can do this. We're going to work this law and we're going to be righteous. And so, the law was meant to show our sin and prove how sinful we are. Paul talks about this um, to great extent in Romans 7 and 8. And so, uh, as I was studying for this, and I was looking at, at, I don't know why in the past I've never made the correlation, but for some reason when I was studying this, Romans 7 and 8 and, and Galatians are very, very similar. It's almost like reading the same, same letter. And Paul writes it nearly identical in both. And so let me read to you quickly Romans 8. And listen closely, because the sermon today, right, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. But we've got to start with where we are. But let me read to you Romans 8, and listen to this, and it's going to help us understand about this fruit of the Spirit later. So in Romans 8, it says, Therefore... This is Romans 8, starting in verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in sinful man 
in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not, if the, if the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of the righteousness because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we also may share in his glory. And so here's the problem with the Galatians. They forgot all that. They forgot what Christ did for them. And they forgot who Jesus was. They forgot what he did. They're reverting back to their old ways. And yes, they had a form of religion. I'm sure that you could look at the Galatian churches and go, wow, they're very religious. But it wasn't, it was fake. It was, they were following a false gospel. They had gotten lost. And so they weren't following the true religion, their true faith. And like Paul said, the, the new gospel that they had was no gospel at all. So, in, in chapter 2 of Galatians, this gets worse, right? Well, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about love, and now we're saying it gets worse, right, with these Galatians. What's worse in chapter 2, Paul says even Peter, one of the 12, was falling for this. He was falling into the trap. Barnabas was being led astray. Now, it... <laughs> If, if, if you've looked in your Bible, those are some big names. Has, has everybody heard of Peter, right? How about Barnabas? He was like kind of one of the first missionaries. You see him in Acts. These are big names that are falling for this false gospel. And so when we look at this, right, let's not look at this like, that's not me. If Peter can fall for it, and if Barnabas can fall for it, we can fall for it. You know, so don't think we're above falling like this. And so these guys, Peter and Barnabas and the Galatians, were burdening themselves with the works of the law, forgetting that Jesus freed them from the law. They were causing a division in the church. That's why, that's why uh, Paul here actually confronts Peter about this, because he says, look, what you're doing is, is you're separating yourself from the, the, the Gentiles. You're causing a division in the church. And Paul actually goes to Peter and confronts him about this. And 
That's the context or the background of Galatians. That's the context or the background of the fruit of the Spirit. That's why Paul brings it up here later. And so, we finally made it to our text this morning. Don't worry, it's not going to be that long. Um, so, in Galatians 5.13, it says, You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And so, Paul, as he starts to correct this problem in, in, in the Galatian church or address it, he reminds them that they're free from this law, the law that they're now burdening themselves with, trying to make themselves self-righteous. He's like, you're free from that law. Jesus took care of that for you. If you believe in Jesus, you're free from the law. And yet, as Paul goes on, he says, there's a warning there. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but, not, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. And so there's the warning. Now, when, what, what, here's a question. What's the first tendency as humans, what's the first thing we do when we get freedom? Right? Think about it. What do we do? We take advantage of it. It's the first thing we do. When we get freedom, we take, and that's what Paul's warning Look, you're free from the law, but don't indulge in it. Don't indulge in sin because you're free from the law, right? It's, it's like, hey, I got the car keys. What am I going to do? <laughs> How fast am I going to go? I can do whatever I want. Well, Paul says, no, that, that's not what you do. You're free from the law, but not free to indulge in the sinful nature. Paul says, we still have a responsibility to love and serve others. That responsibility doesn't go away with freedom from the law. Verse 14 there. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that. Love your neighbor as yourself. So that, that makes, kind of raises the question here, is the law bad? Is this, is this Old Testament law back here, is it bad? Jesus freed us from it, but is it bad? No, it's not bad. The law was a good thing. Paul says that. Paul says it was a good thing. It pointed out sin. So God gave the law for a purpose, and it wasn't God that messed it up. It was perfect from God. Who do you think messed it up? People, right? We messed it up. And we already said it, that this law was meant to point out our sin, point out our fallenness. It showed us that we needed a Savior, but it also showed us how to love others. But we can't follow it. And it can't make us righteous because we can't hold up our end of it. That law will never make us righteous because we can't hold our end of it up. Who could? there was one person that walked the face of this earth that could hold up the law, who was it? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus could. We can't. And so let's go back quickly here and ask the original questions that we started with again. What fruit does the human nature yield? We can yield some pretty rotten fruit, can't we? What fruit does the Holy Spirit yield? Now, 
We've gotten a taste of what human nature and the world produce, right? Galatians, it's a train wreck. <laughs> they're, they're so far out, you know, the Galatians were a mess because they were following a works-based gospel. They were enslaving themselves to the law that Christ had went to the cross to free them from, and us, how, how think, think about how arrogant that is. The Son of God came to the earth to free us from the law and free us from our sins, and we look at him and say, Matt, sorry, not enough. I can do it. I can do it. How, how, how arrogant is that to think that somehow we can outdo what Jesus Christ has done for us? And that's kind of what was going on here. And so we see this problem. Christ had went to the cross to free them and us from this law. They want to go back to the law, and confusion ensues. And so we see another evidence of their fall into, into sin in verse 15 here. It says, We'll start in verse 14. The, the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. They were biting and devouring one another. Oh, and by the way, this is in a church, right? This isn't the world. This is in a church in Galatia or a couple churches or a handful of churches in Galatia. They were devouring and biting one another. Obviously figurative language, right? They weren't physically biting each other, right? But you get the idea. When you hear and read that, what do you think of? When you hear the words, they were, you're biting and devouring each other, what, do you, what comes to your mind about what's going on in these churches? How about fighting? Bickering? Backstabbing? Taking advantage of each other? And Paul warns them here, you will destroy yourselves. You're going to destroy yourselves. Now, what kind of fruit does that sound like? Does that sound like the fruit of the Spirit? Does that sound like fruit from God? To me, that sounds like the fruit the world produces. If, if you look at the world and you go, wow, there's a war over there. There's these people enslaving these people here. There's these people backstabbing these people over here. And then you walk into the church and you go, wow, there's people there devout, you know, the backstabbing there and fighting over here and big, what's the difference, right? That's the fruit of man, which is also the fruit of the world. We don't want that. That's not who we are. And so, once again, that, that, that fighting that we're seeing here in verse 15, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. That's the world. That, that just sounds like the fruit of man, fruit of the world. And it's kind of ironic here. What was, the, what was the main problem with the church in Galatia? They were trying to go back to the law. They wanted to, to fulfill the law and be self-righteous on their own. What does the law say? Love your neighbor as yourself. How ironic is that? The Galatians were using the law that says love your neighbor to try to be righteous, and yet they were biting and devouring each other. That's mixed up thinking. That's twisted thinking, but it shows you how twisted our hearts and our minds get. It, and it shows how easy we can lie to ourselves and talk ourselves into things. And so, should we live by our hearts, live by our smarts, live by the world? What's the fruit of that going to be? 
It's going to be bad. It's going to be ugly. Paul says no. What does Paul say? Verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of, sinful, of the sinful nature. Once again, go read Romans. Romans 7 and 8. Uh, I wish we had time to look these passages in, in letters in parallel, right? Paul's going to go way in depth in this, uh, in Romans. But as we continue on here, Paul says, don't live like that. I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desire what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. So that you do not know what you want, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So you see the tension? You see the tension? We're humans. We got human nature. We got human fruit. It's bad. It's rotten. If you're a Christian, though, what else is in there? The Spirit of God is in you. As a Christian, the Spirit of God is in you. His fruit is good. And so now there's this tension in us that keeps fighting and toiling against each other. And so that sinful nature is still in us. It fights with the Spirit of God that indwells the Christian. We do things that we don't want to do. We sin. We're, we're Christians, we sin. We do things we don't want to do. The human nature in us says, I got the keys. Where are we going? Going on a road trip? Going on a party? What, what are we doing? Are we going to go 100 mile an hour down interstate? What, what are we doing? That's the human nature saying, I got the keys. Now, I want to pause here for a second and, and ask. When, when we read these things, when we read these letters, what about us? Could Paul look at us, right? Let's imagine Paul's writing a letter to us. Could Paul write a letter to us and say, you foolish people of Lance Free Church, what are you doing? Who bewitched you? That's what he told the Galatians. Where have we followed a false gospel? Where have we followed the world? It happened. Like, this is something that we have to be on guard up for, right? We've got to be, be honest with ourselves. Let's take it personal. Let's not take it to the church in general. Let's take it personal. Can you and I look in the mirror and ask ourselves these questions? Can I look in the mirror and say, am I following a false gospel? Am I trying to work my way to heaven? Or am I believing and trusting in Jesus Christ? Have, have I followed a false gospel? Have I followed the world? It's hard. It's probably one of the hardest things there is, is to be honest with ourselves. When we look in the mirror, it's hard to be honest with ourselves. It's a hard thing, but we got to do it, right? And when we read passages like this, we need to do it. But, verse 18, right? There's always this, there's always a good, there is a good part of this lesson, right? <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of sinful nature. It says here in verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. We don't have to spend a lot of time here because we already got the picture. We know what's going on in the Galatian church. 
I'm calling these, these, ver- these uh, words here that we see in 19 and 20 the fruit of man. Not the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of man. And so maybe we look at these, these lists of words here in 19 and down through 21 and say, well, that's, that's not me. The acts of sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry. Right? We go down through the list. Well, let's look close. And when we look close of these, these acts of the sinful nature, maybe, maybe I'm not into witchcraft. I'm not into witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, it's good, right? I'm not into witchcraft. But you know what? Do I get satisfaction from dissension? Do I get satisfaction from going over here and stirring the pot? You know, getting one person kind of riled up with another person. It's no different than witchcraft. Look at these things. Like, maybe I don't idolize money or or anything like that. Maybe I don't do that. But you know what? Maybe I fly off the handle. Maybe I get angry like that and just rip into somebody. It's just as bad as idolatry. Like the, the, the and so when we think of our lives, and like I said, when we look in the mirror and be honest with ourselves, will I stomp on somebody else just to climb the ladder? We've got to be honest. That's the fruit of man. That's the sinful nature. And like I said, we're not going to spend long here. That's all I'm going to say about that because we see what it caused in the church in Galatia. What did Paul say? He says, live by the Spirit. What does that mean? Live by the Spirit. And after all that, right? Now after all that talking, all that reading, we're finally here. Verses 22 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we should be seeing in our lives. It's the spirit that we should be sensitive to in our lives. Not, not the world. We shouldn't be sensitive to the world. We shouldn't be sensitive to ourselves. We shouldn't be listening to the world and what we, what we think we should do. We should be sensitive to what the spirit tells us to do. So it's not the fruit of Joel. My fruit's rotten. Get rid of it. Throw it in the garbage. It's the fruit of the spirit. That's what we need. And the, what that is is the spirit of God in a Christian That's good fruit. That's not rotten fruit. It's not poison fruit. It's good fruit. And so listen to to this. How how great does this sound? When When you see and hear and read these words, how great does this sound? The fruit of the Spirit is love. Wow. That's a lot different than the world, right? There's no hatred or discord in love. How about joy. There's no need to drink your sorrows away when you got joy from the Holy Spirit, joy from God. How about kindness? There's no fits of rage in kindness. How about goodness? There's no shoving people back down the ladder with goodness. How about faithfulness? There's no backstabbing with faithfulness. How about gentleness? Think about how it feels to be cared for. For somebody to be nice to you. Think, does that feel good? That's the fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. How about self-control, right? 
Not out of control, self-control. That goes along with things like sexual immorality, debauchery. We can resist those things. We're under control because of the Holy Spirit. And so when you look at that list, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, pick one. Pick a fruit. Which one do you want? Which one could you use in your life? I would say, how about all of them? If you're a Christian, they're already there. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit indwells you. These things are already in you. And so, let the Spirit lead us. Think of how those things, once again, that list, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Think about how those things will not only change your day and my day, but the people that have to deal with us. If we're showing these things, people shouldn't dread having to deal with me. People shouldn't dread having to deal with us. If we're showing the fruit of the Spirit, guess what? People are going to say, what's wrong with them? They're actually nice. <laughs> right? That's love. You know? And so these fruits don't go bad. They're from God. These fruits aren't going bad. They're not poisonous. Now, we still have to deal with that conflict, right? We still have to deal with that sinful nature. But that's where we have to say, who leads us? Are we going to let that sinful nature with that bad fruit lead us? Or are we going to let the Spirit with His fruit lead us? Think about this. How would this letter would have went? Think of how this letter would have went if the Galatians just remembered the gospel of Christ. If when that false gospel came in, if these Galatians just went, huh, that's not what, not what we were taught. What if they just remembered the gospel of Christ? What if instead of biting and devouring each other, they let the Spirit lead them and they showed each other the fruit of the Spirit? How does that change this letter? I bet it would go something like this. Dear Galatians, I'm so glad to hear your growth in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I hear you are all getting along well and you're doing work for the gospel. I've also been told how you love one another. Guided by the Spirit, continue as you are. Keep showing each other the fruit of the Spirit. Keep loving your neighbor as yourself. Wouldn't that be a much better start to the letter of Galatians? Where Paul could say, good job, guys. You're, you're doing what you're supposed to do as a Christian. And so, that's, that's the letter when we look at ourselves and we talk about as a church and as we look at ourselves in the mirror, that's how I want my letter to start, right? That's how I want our letter to start. So, follow that fruit, right? Let the Spirit lead us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Guess what? Against those things, there's no law. There's no law against that. Go do it. And so, just to finish up here this morning, in verses 24 through 26, Paul says to them, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified that sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another, but let's keep in step with the Spirit. Yeah? Does that sound good? 
Think of that today, right? Think about when we're dealing and interacting with people. Am I a pain to deal with? Am I a jerk? I'm a Christian. I should be showing these things. Love. I'm not going to read them again. Look at those, right? That's how, that's how I want people to see me. That's how I want my letter to be written. And I want ours to be that way. And so I can tell you this. I know God wants it to be that way. That's why it's here. That's why it was written in this letter.